0: all right uh would you turn with me to second corinthians 4 this evening second corinthians 4 we are beginning a new series this evening is that okay uh we are going to begin then a series called the spirit of faith hallelujah and we're going to take as our text this 2 Corinthians 4, but then we're going to camp out in Hebrews 11 for a while. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And we're going to take every one of these. When it says by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Abraham, we're going to stop and say, whoa, what did Abraham do? That's right. Amen. How did he do this? Amen, because you understand you and I are living the same way today. By faith. Amen. Amen. Things work exactly the same way. And we're not supposed to, we're supposed to respect these people and honor them, yes, but we're not supposed to put them on a pedestal that they could do stuff and have stuff we can't do and have. No, they're examples for us to follow. How many believe God can do exploits? Amen, in our lives, if we have the same kind of faith yeah. that they had in their generation. Can we still have faith in this generation? Yeah. Oh, yes, we can. In Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, Second Corinthians 4, we're going to begin reading in verse 8. And before we do, let's pray. Let's release our faith. Father, I thank you so much. For the privilege of being here, having the Holy Spirit as our teacher, having the wonderful Holy Word of God that you've given to feed us and to help us. And Lord, we ask you, everybody that's here and everybody that'll hear the tape and any other medium, open eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive revelation. Let there come strength from your Word and a quickening of your Spirit. Help us to rise up, Lord, from faith to faith in glorifying you in our lives in Jesus name amen, amen. in second corinthians the 4th chapter and the 8th verse the apostle paul the holy ghost through him says we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we're perplexed but not in despair Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. <laughs> One translation says, "Knocked down, not knocked out. Hmm? Verse 13 says, we having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. The spirit of faith believes and speaks. You could also say it like this. Believes and acts. Believes and acts. A-C-T-S. Acts. Acts. Brother uh, Smith Wigglesworth, who is renowned for his faith and his ministry at the turn of the century, he uh, had all kind of miracles and people raised from the dead in his ministry more than once. Great revivals on different continents of the earth. And it's said by those who knew him that oftentimes in a service, it'd be a huge crowd. He'd be the main speaker at night or something, and he'd come out. And the first thing he'd do is say, Faith is a hack. He was British. He said, Faith is a hack. Faith is a hack. He's saying, Faith is an act. Faith is a hack. First one down's healed. And somebody would jump out of their seat and run down to the front and be healed. Why? Faith is an act. (laughs) It's not enough to sit in your chair and say, I believe that. Not enough. James tells us that faith without works, faith without corresponding action, is dead. And as we're going to see when we get to Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, this one did something. Right? Right? By faith, this one did this other thing. Yeah. By faith, this one did something. Didn't say they just sat in the chair and said, I believe. Right. Faith acts. Uh, maybe it's more accurate to say it like this. Living faith acts. Because James says faith without works is. Yes. So there is such a thing as dead faith. Right? right? right. Dead faith is saying you believe, well, you know, claiming you believe, but not acting on what you claim you believe. That's right. It's like saying, oh, I believe in tithing. I believe in hundredfold. I believe in giving and receiving, but never giving a dime. That's right. Huh? Right. Well, that's not going to work for you. That's right. Right? right? I believe in prayer, but never praying. Right. Oh, I believe in the power of the word, but won't read your chapters. Right. You know I've got to work this in some way or another, right? And you, you know it's coming. So. Living faith acts. Dead faith does not. Is there such a thing as dead faith? Yeah. Well, I'm quoting this. And maybe somebody thinks I'm making this up. Hold your place here and go to James. Go to the book of James, please. Let's read about it. James two seventeen. James two seventeen says even so faith, if it has not works, hath not works, is dead being alone. Verse twenty. This is James two twenty. Will you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And verse twenty six. Verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The body without the spirit is dead. That's what happens at death. It's kind of like a hand inside a glove. You know, if you didn't know any better, It's been cold weather, people wearing gloves outside. If you didn't know any better and you saw that glove moving around, you think, well, that glove's alive. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But the only life that that glove has in it is that hand. Right? And you pull the hand out of the glove, there's no life in that glove. It's just going to fall. Right? That's exactly what happens to your body. When your spirit leaves your body without the spirit, that's the real you, the man on the inside. Without the spirit, the body's dead. Well, faith without works is dead. The spirit expresses itself in this realm through the body. And faith expresses itself in action and works. I mean, you see things like this in Jesus' ministry, where he'd tell people, rise, take up your bed and go. Why would he tell them that? Well, see, they're going to have to believe that, right, in order to make the effort to do that. And when they would begin, you know, I mean, he'd tell them to do things they couldn't do, right? right? I mean, physically, they had, I mean, some of these people had never been able to do this. Some hadn't been able to do it in decades. But when he says, get up. Take up your bed, which was a little mat. Take it up and take it to your house. Why would they try to do that? They must believe that there's power in his words. Amen. 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 And I like what Dr. Lillian Yeoman says. She said, God uh, delights in his children stepping out over the aching void with nothing underneath their feet but the word of God. (laughs) <laughs> and you'll find when you reach the end of your ability to act on the word of God you meet the power of God like when the lord told the man that had the withered hand stretch forth your hand didn't say extend your arm he said stretch forth your hand well he can't it's withered it's been paralyzed for who knows how long but in spite of that, no telling how many times over the years he tried to make that thing work and it wouldn't work. But he tried. Amen. 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 Uh, I shouldn't even use the word try. He did it. He did it expecting it to happen. And when he got to the end of his ability to act on that, he met something else. He, when he got to the end of his ability to act, he met the power of God and that hand was made whole. That's just how simply and how quickly miracles happen. And they are still happening today. And the reason why people don't see more miracles is because we don't have more people acting in faith. Amen. People are afraid to step out. Well, what if it don't work? Well, there's no faith there. You have to quit asking those kind of questions. Well, what if the money doesn't come? Well, you're not persuaded. Right? You don't believe yet. But when you know, we've had miracles here. We're talking about them already in our church just in 11 months. Healings and everything else. But financially, we've had financial miracles in 11 months. We'd have never had these if we hadn't stepped out. Right? Right? We had to step out. Phyllis and I couldn't have just sat and tossed and said, Well, now, God, you want us to do that, then you go ahead and get us a place. And pay for it. And let us know when to come. (laughs) Now that would have been comfortable now. That would have been a lot easier on your flesh. But that's not how it works. Do you see why so many people are still sitting waiting for a miracle? When the Lord tells you take a step. You're not going to see the whole picture. You're not going to be able to see how it's going to work. Or where it's going to come from. You just have to take that step. Everybody say, take the step. step. Now you need to make sure that you've heard from God. Right? right? Right. Number one. But when you know that you know that you've heard from Him, nothing's going to happen till you take the step. You're not going to get into the miracles. You're not going to see the miraculous provision. You're not going to see the rest of the plan till you take the step. Everybody say, take the step. Now, go with me, if you would, to uh, Hebrews, that great 11th chapter. I get excited just thinking about it. Hebrews 11. And this is a central theme in the New Testament faith. Prior to this 11th chapter, he had been talking about how Jesus is the fulfillment and his offering of himself, of his own blood, is the fulfillment of the what was typified in the Levitical order of priesthood and sacrifice. But you remember he started out in chapters 3 and 4 talking about how that first generation did not enter in because of unbelief, right? and it wasn't the giants that held them out it wasn't the walled cities though they thought it was it was their own unbelief that kept them out of the blessings of god and he goes on till he builds to this place in hebrews 11 actually back up in the 10th chapter just a few verses because this all goes together hebrews 10:35 hebrews 10:35 cast not away therefore your confidence Confidence is a word that's used almost interchangeably with faith at different times. Confidence. Which has great recompense of reward. Anybody have any confidence about some things that are in the works? And some things that are going to be happening just right away? Huh? Anybody got confidence that chunks are a coming? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Confidence. For you have need of patience. That means perseverance. Now you understand in the Bible, patience is not talking about waiting idly to see if anything's going to happen. That's not what it's talking about. Perseverance is what this means. You stay after it. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back. You see, that's the opposite of stepping out, isn't it? Huh? If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now you already know it without getting to it. But just a few verses later, he says, without faith. It's impossible to please him, to please God. So drawing back is indicative of doubt and unbelief. Drawing back. Uh, you know, I had the privilege of working with Dr. Kenneth Hagan for over 20 years, which I will for eternally be grateful and thankful. And uh, he said years in the, some of the early years of his ministry, a minister acquaintance of his had been out on the field and had had uh cancer had developed in their body and they had gotten down to death's door and finally they brought him back to the states to get the best care that they could and the man is just bedfast he couldn't get out of bed on his own he's skin and bone he's at death's door and brother hagen had come to him and spent a lot of time in his uh hospital room praying with him and spent hours praying for him and praying with him. And he said that uh, on this certain day, they really got in the spirit and something happened that he did not expect to happen. He had a vision and saw the Lord Jesus come to the foot of the bed and opened up his arms. Well, he didn't tell the man what he saw. But he said he saw it. And the man leapt up out of bed. Well he's bed fast. He hadn't, he's not been able to, to get up. But he leapt out of bed. And came around to the end of the bed. And went right up where Brother Hagan saw Jesus standing. And reached his arms out. He said he told him later he didn't see that. But he knew he was there. Amen. You know seeing the master. Would be a manifestation of discerning the spirits. Seeing into the realm of the spirit. And you'd only have that if the Lord gave it to you. You can't work that up. Did you hear me? And you don't want to try to pray and fast long enough and hard enough that it had happened. You can't force God's hands in these things. And you don't always need something like that either. But a lot of times, uh, even if you didn't see it. Like this man. You could sense him. You understand what I'm talking about? Sometimes you might not see anything. But in your spirit. You sense. You know. His presence is there. He's there in a strong way. Or in a different way. And um, he said the man lifted up his hands. And he said the Lord was holding his hands. He saw it. And he said he stepped like he was going to embrace him. And then he dropped his hands and took a step back and said, I can't. I just can't. And he said, uh, he spoke up and said, what, brother? What, what do you mean you can't? He said, the Lord is here to heal you. He didn't say what he saw. He just said that the Lord is here to heal you. And said, he uh, he stepped back up and opened his arms like he was going to. He said, the Lord opened his arms like he's going to embrace him. And then. He dropped his hands again and stepped back and, and said, I, I can't. I just can't. And he said, sure you can, brother. What do you mean you can't? Sure you can. The Lord's here to heal you. Believe you receive. You know, no matter what kind of experience you have, it's still going to come down to faith. Right. Did you understand that? I mean, you could see and hear all kind of amazing things. But in the final analysis, you're going to have to believe something. Right. But this brother's not seeing this, but he senses this. Why else would he get up? How could he get up and come around like this? He said the third time he stepped up and opened his arms and said the Lord uh, opened his arms like he's going to embrace him. And he said a a sad look came across his face, just dejection. And he stepped back and, and he sat down in fatigue on the foot of the bed and said, I can't. I just know I can't. He said, what do you mean, brother? What do you mean you can't? He said, I just can't. I just know I can't receive my healing. He said, why can't you? The Lord's here to heal you. And he said, I can't. He said, he's still seeing the Lord. He said, the Lord turned and looked at him and said, see, I've come to heal him, but he won't receive it. Um, And in what he said, three days he'll be dead. um, Well, now, could that be? It happens all the time. Does it happen concerning the new birth? That people are brought to the place of realization of their need of salvation and yet say no. No. Come right to the point where they could believe and be born again and say well no no I'm not through playing around or this or that or I'm not ready to give my heart and life to the Lord and turn around. See the Lord will not make a person receive him as Lord. Not make anybody receive the new birth. He's not going to make anybody receive The Holy Spirit, he's not going to make anybody receive healing or prosperity or any of his things. But did you see what was happening here? He was getting to the point and then he was what? According to this, what? Drawing back. You see that? Pull back. Oh, how many times this has happened. And the Lord has no pleasure in this. It displeases him. Why? Well, he loves us. He wants us to be blessed. And so you have situations like that where then three days later he did die. He goes home to be with the Lord. He's 40 something years old. Too young to die. Everybody say too young. 40 something's too young. And uh, people say, well, isn't that something? He's a good missionary. He served on the field over there. He preached, you know, that God did miracles. And why did God take him at 43 years of age? God didn't take him. He went home to be with the Lord. The Lord received him. Did you hear me? But the Lord didn't take him. And in this particular case. Moved in a special way. For him to be healed. But you see you have to believe that you receive. How many understand some of this is up to us? Our faith plays a big role and factor. In these things. So read it again. The just shall live how? By faith. By faith. But if any man draw back. Draw back. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. I don't like that. Do you? I mean to see the Lord shaking his head going. I don't like that. That bothers me. I don't want anything in my life. To be such that he takes no pleasure in. But I like this. order to say it out loud. Verse 39. We are not. Of them who draw back. We're not of them that draw back unto perdition or destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I mean, have you ever seen this? I mean, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And the preacher get to preaching sometimes, I mean, hellfire and brimstone. And I've seen people come in that were lost and get under conviction. And stand and grip the back of the pew and shake until the whole pew shook. And you just turn loose and walk out the door, walk out the back. What did they do? They drew back. I mean, they, the Lord brought them up to the brink to believe, to receive. They saw their need of salvation. They saw their lost condition. They saw Jesus had paid the price. They saw this was available to them. But then instead of stepping forward, they drew back. You can draw back from salvation. You can draw back from healing. You can draw back from any of the blessings of God. But we. Here at Faith Life Church. (laughs) Not drawback church. Not unbelief church. What? We step out by faith. We step up. We step forward. Move forward. Move in. Move up. Move out. In faith. Can you say amen? amen. That was a little weak. <laughs> but we do. We are not of them that pull back and draw back. We are of them who step up. Step out. On the word of God. Now. That you know this wasn't written in chapter and verse. So this just flows right in to 11.1 here. He said now Faith. They just live by faith. We don't draw back. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That is, if you want for lack of a better phrase, the technical definition of what faith is. But when you read this, don't stop at verse 1. Because he tells you technically what faith is, and then he shows you. Verse after verse 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way down to verse 40, giving you practical examples of how faith looks and sounds and responds and moves in real life. Amen. Don't just sit in verse 1 and wonder, wonder, wonder. Wonder what he meant by that. Keep reading! Faith is like what Enoch did. Faith is like what Abraham did. It's like, it is what Joseph did. Right? Yes. Faith demonstrated in all these ways. Let's go over this slowly. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me read some other translations of this to you. And uh, you'll see a recurring theme. Weymouth says faith is confident assurance of that for which we hope. The word uh, substance, me, is from the Greek word hypostasis, and it means a standing under, kind of like the idea of a foundation. Your faith is what you stand on. Your faith, another way of saying it, like this phrase, your faith is what your hope stands on. Faith is the foundation of things hoped for. Now the word hope in the Bible means expect. It's not like we use the word hope. Well, you think this is going to happen? People say, well, I sure hope so. That is not what he's talking about here. The word hope, look it up, you'll see it means confident expectation. If you're in faith, you have hope. Somebody said, aren't you saying that backwards? No. no. Somebody said, aren't you saying hope comes first, then faith? No. No. It's because you have faith that you have hope. Yeah. Uh, the problem that comes here is our use of the word hope today. When we say hope, we don't mean what the Bible's talking about. What do we mean when somebody says, well, you know, do you believe you'll receive this when we pray for you? And they say, well, I sure hope so. What do they mean? They they mean, I want it to be. I wish it would be. They're talking about desire. And you can have desire before you have faith. Right? Right? So desire does come, and desire is good. But when you have faith... That is the ground for your hope. It's like this. If I have faith that I'm healed. That means I believe God heard my prayer. I believe I received my healing. I believe I've taken to myself my healing. Then that gives me expectation that my body will change. Amen. If I'm in faith. That God's heard my prayers about my money and my bills. Then I'm expecting money to come. Right? It's because I'm in faith that I have expectation. Faith is the substance. It is the foundation. It is the confidence for what I'm expecting. It's the solid ground. Now you can't have faith in God beyond what he told you and you say well I'm gonna believe for this did he tell you he would do that if he didn't you have nothing to stand on I've used this example before you know you might say well I'm believing brother Keith is going to come over and babysit my kids tomorrow (laughs) and clean my house well here's the deal (laughs) Did Brother Keith tell you that he would do that? You see, somebody said, well, no, I hadn't talked to him about it, but I'm just believing he will. Well, you can't. You can't believe that. Do you understand that or not? Somebody said, well, yeah, I can. No, you can't. you got nothing for your faith to stand on. Well, I'm just going to believe that God does this. Did he tell you he's going to do it? How does faith come? Comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. You have to hear something. You have to hear it. I've used this example before. It will bear repetition. I'll I'll say it again. Those of you that know the answer. You've heard me. Don't give the punchline away. But I've said this before. You know what if I came in here tonight. And somebody did give me some money. Amen. amen I'm blessed. Hallelujah. And. Uh, What if I said, you know, I've got a roll of money here, $100 bills. And what if I said, you know, I'm going to, and I'm not saying this. Because I do what I say. This is purely suppositional. It's only an illustration. If I said, I'm going to give a hundred people in here. A $100 bill each. If I said that. Then could you have faith. That you would be one of the ones. I was going to give a $100 bill to. Hmm? Now every time. Every time I say that I get the same response. Some people go well yeah. Others go "Nah." Others go. That's why I use it. Okay, let's say you said yes. You said, yes, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I've been believing for a $100. I need a $100. And that's my answer to prayer. Yes, I'm one of the ones. And you came to me and you said, all right, brother Keith, you know, I'll take my $100 bill now. <laughs> and if I said, who told you I was going to give you a $100 bills, what would you say? I didn't. Hmm? I didn't. I said a 100 people in this room. There's more than a hundred people in this room. Right? Right. How do you know you're one of the ones? Well, by revelation, I'm not talking about word of knowledge. I'm talking about you having faith in me to do something for you. No, the fact is nobody in this room could have faith based on my words that I'd give you because I didn't say who I was going to give it to. And there's more than a hundred people in here. Now, if you don't believe that, don't turn this loose till you get this figured out. Did you hear me? Because there's a lot of people making mistakes and having problems in this area because they don't understand. They think, well, I'll just claim and believe whatever I want to. No, you gotta have something to stand on. Amen. Right? You got to, you must have heard from the Lord. Your faith in me is based on what I told you I would do for you. Your faith in God. Is based on what he told you he would do for you by his written word and by his spirit. All right. What if I came in here tonight and I'm not saying this, but what if I came in, I had a big roll of bills and I said, oh, God's blessed me. And I tell you what, I just want to give a hundred dollar bill to whoever wants one in here. Whosoever will, I want to give them a hundred dollar bill in this place tonight. Could you have faith to receive a hundred dollar bill from me? Yeah, yeah, you could. If you came up and you said, thank you, Brother Keith. I'll take my hundred dollar bill now. And if I said, well, uh, who told you I was going to give you a hundred dollar bill? Hmm? Did I? Yeah, I did. I didn't call your name, but I said, whosoever. And you're a whosoever, right? You were in the room. And if my word's good, you get a bill. Do you understand? Now, do you see why we cannot tolerate this teaching about it's God's will to heal some and some it's not? If you believe that, nobody can have faith to be healed. Because how do you know if you're one of the so-called lucky ones? I don't even like that term, but you know what I mean by that. How do you know? How can we pray for people in a healing line? If it's not God's will to heal everybody, we can't just go down the line praying for them to be healed. We have to stop at each one and ascertain, is it God's will for you to be healed or not? Now, if you don't understand this, don't throw it away. No, that's why you see words in the scripture like, whosoever. Amen. Right? Yeah, yeah. Whosoever will believe this and do this, this will happen for him." That means God said it to you. Right. Can you say amen? Amen. Yeah. And you need to take it personally. And based on what he told you, you can have faith. Yes. Glory, to God. Glory to God. I hear some wheels are spinning. Yeah. That's all right. Think about it. Get it settled in your own heart. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Brother Bosworth said that. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith is the substance... Of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, you know you have something when you cannot see it and you cannot feel it. Right? Yeah. Can you know you're healed while you still hurt? Yes. Huh? Yes. Can you know you're saved yes. while you still feel like a lowly sinner? Yes. Hmm? Yes. Can you know you're righteous and clean? Even though you still remember your mistakes. And you don't necessarily feel like the holiness of God. But can you accept what the Bible says? Can you believe you're forgiven and cleansed? And your sins are washed away even if you don't feel like it? Yeah. 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 You can believe something that you don't feel that you don't see. And that's what faith is all about. We're believing these chunks are coming in. And we got, you know, we don't have anything in the natural so Mr. Why does he keep saying that? Does he know something? Yeah, I know something in the Bible. <laughs> Amen. That's what faith is all about. I don't have to see something out here. You know, you can tell people that just walk in the flesh, just natural minded. They're always wanting to know. Well, now, what else do you know? Well, tell me the real deal. This is the real deal. Amen. Yeah, but you know something, don't you? I sure do. <laughs> and this is it. This is more sure than anything else I know. And if I know that, if I know one thing, I know that because I have heard, I've had people tell me they're going to do all kind of stuff. Oh man, there's going to do this and there's going to do that and there's going to give this and there's going to give that. And, uh, you know, I've learned to just say, well, praise God. But I never am going to take my confidence out of this and put it in anybody, any human. Or get to looking at anybody or thinking, well, you're going to make it happen or you're going to make it happen. No. If 95 people that God deals with to sow to this church and ministry decide not to, we will still get it. I said we will still get it because God will find 96. If he has to wake them up over in China... Amen. Amen. If he has to wire it over here in pounds. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It will happen. That's right. I said it will happen. That's right. And so don't ever get your eyes on anybody. That's why I sit like this. And let me keep reminding you. I only use the word source for one person Amen. only. You know, I know we use this kind of, some say, well, through different sources this came. I don't say it like that. There's one source. My source is my God. Many channels. Many channels that he uses. One source. One source. What if one channel doesn't obey God? He has others. Many others. Amen? Amen? And we've seen it happen again and again and again and again. It's just a fact of life that uh, people don't always obey God. It's a fact. I have seen it so many times where God was dealing somebody to do a thing, dealing with them to do it, and they needed to do it. He knows what's coming up in their future. I mean, this is not just one-sided. He wants them to get the seed in the ground so he has a legal right to set up their future. Right? But sometimes people, for whatever reasons, they don't obey. They draw back. They get scared, they get to thinking wrong, and it can go long enough. The Lord will wait as long as he can sometimes, even let some other people get uncomfortable sometimes because he wants them to do it. It was his first choice. They need it. But it can get to the point where they're dragging their feet, they're waiting too late, and he'll have to move and get somebody else. And they'll get their blessing. But he has an obligation to the person that's believing him. He can only let it go so long. And sometimes I think he goes through several people. Before he finds somebody that will obey him, and it's interesting, some of the same people get used again and again and again, cause they will obey him, cause other people won't. But that's not us. We don't draw back. We step up. We step out. We're believers. Glory to God. I'm happy about it. You know, it's so wonderful, it's to be free. And not have to look to people. And not have to play politics. Huh? Amen. Not to be worried if you're gonna give or not. Yeah. Huh? Amen. We've had people come to us at this church and say, well, you know, we're gonna, you need to let us do this or you need to let us come do this in your church. Or we need, you know, so you can pay your bills. We said, we're already paying our bills. <laughs> So you can, somebody said, we know you want to be able to buy this someday. I said, we've already bought it. Amen. They said, huh? I said, yeah. And we didn't pull on you, did we? No. We didn't ask you to sell your dog and cat? <laughs> huh? Hallelujah. Didn't ask you to have chicken fries or bake sales or pull on you? Not that that's wrong, but we didn't ask you, please, please sacrifice. That's right. Did we? No. No, told you if you don't want to give, don't. That's right. We don't want any grudge money. Amen. You got to give happy in here or we may give it back. Yeah. Yeah. I've you. done it. Thank I've you. done it. Amen. I've sent money back Amen. more than once. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, thinking about sending some back right now. Amen. The Lord doesn't receive all offerings. Did you know that? He does it. It is. We ought not beg people to give. It is a privilege. To give in the work of God. It's an honor. Amen. Isn't it? And when you're living by faith. You know. If it doesn't come this way. It'll come another way. Or another way. And if one person won't do it. He can get ten others to get together and do it. Amen. There's a lot of ways it can happen. And listen to this now. Faith. Puts no pressure. On people. That's right. Did you hear that? Faith puts no pressure on people. Certainly that's the preacher not putting pressure on the congregation. But it's you not putting pressure on your boss for a raise. It's you not putting pressure on somebody for a sale. Amen. Trying to hard sell. Did you hear me? Yes. When you live by faith you don't put pressure on people. You trust God. Amen. How do we get off on all that? Hebrews 11 and verse 2. For by it, by this faith, the elders obtained a good report. Everybody say "Good good report. You want God to give you good marks? What do you have to do? Live by faith. Operate by faith. In verse 5 and 6, and I'm commencing to get ready to start to close. Hebrews 11, 5. By faith. Everybody say by faith. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. The man didn't die. He just left here. Spirit and body, I guess, just just left here. Glory. How did he do that? Huh? It didn't just say God just saw fit to do it. What did it say? By faith, he was translated. And was not found. They tried to find him. He wasn't around to be found. Because God had translated him. Amen. Glory to God. Not Scotty beamed me up. <laughs> Jehovah beamed him up. Yeah, that yeah, ain't just science fiction but well, God can do it. Beamed him up. Glory. Don't you know that was a trip? Don't you know? He he looks like us. he'd lived down here all his life. He never knew anything else except the earth. He's walking with God one day and he felt something funny. Woo boy. Next thing you know, he's in a different place. And it ain't earth. This is not a fairy tale. This is reality. Amen. Glory to God. Why did this happen to Enoch? It says by faith. Right? For before his translation. And of course leading up to this. He had this testimony that he what? God. How did he please God? very next verse very next verse but without faith it is impossible you couldn't say it any stronger didn't you say difficult or a challenge it is impossible to please him people wonder why we talk so much about faith ah y'all just say too much about faith do we when it's impossible to even please God any part of the day You understand, unless you pray, and you could pray all night, but if you don't pray in faith, not a word of your prayer pleased God. You understand, you could give millions of dollars, you could give millions of dollars, and if you didn't give it in faith, wouldn't please God. You could do all kind of work for the poor, you could do all kind of things, nice things and good things, and if you don't do it in faith, it doesn't please Him. I don't think we've overestimated the importance of faith. The just live by faith. The just walk by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the whole world. Even our faith. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's faith that pleases God. How many want to please God in the morning? Please God at noontime. Please God when the sun goes down. How can you do it? Amen. You got to open your eyes in the morning and blink them in faith. Amen. I say, can you do that? You sure can. Amen. You got to get up and get dressed in faith. Amen. That means no grumbling and griping. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Can you drive in faith? Yeah. You ought to drive in faith. Yes. There's a lot of confused people on the road. Got a lot of people in Branson not even looking at the road. <laughs> looking at the sides and the shows. And you ought to drive in faith. Huh? Yes. Can you do your job in faith? Yes. Can you do everything all day long and all night long in faith? Can you get up and go get a drink of water in the night time in faith? Yes. Yeah, you can. In faith. Yes. You could also do it in doubt and unbelief. Yes. But it pleases God. For you to do it by faith. What does it mean. That you're doing it all in faith. Keep reading. It gives a perfect example here. Without faith it is impossible. To please him God. For he that comes to God. Must believe. That he is. When you come to prayer. You don't see him. You don't feel him necessarily physically. You don't hear him with your ears. But why would you start talking to him. You believe He is. Amen. He is real. He is here. He hears me. It's all by faith, isn't it? Isn't it? It's all by faith. Why pray? We believe He's here. We believe He hears us. Amen. Now you don't stop there. Oh, here's the part so many people miss. You got to believe He's real. You got to believe He's God. You got to believe He's here. But you must also go on beyond that and you must believe he is a rewarder. Oh, glory to God. A remunerator, a payer, a blesser of those who diligently seek him. What does that mean? You got to believe when you ask he hears. You got to believe when you reach up, he reaches down. Amen. You got to believe when you draw near to him, he draws near to you. You got to believe when you endeavor to obey him, he's gonna bless you. So, well, that's just up to him now. I'll just do the best I can, and it's just whatever he sees fit. You're not believing this. It didn't say believe he'll do whatever he decides to do. I said, it didn't say he'll do whatever he decides to do and believe that. Believe that he will bless you. You know, Brother Hagin said that, you know, Brother Oral Roberts, uh, in the days of his tent ministry, popularized the phrase. Other ministers were saying it as well, but he popularized the phrase, God's a good God. And God's going to do something good for you. And he said he heard other ministers, Pentecostal ministers say, I wish he wouldn't say that. And he said, why? Is God good or bad? Well, he's good. But he just leaves the impression that God's wanting to bless you all the time and, you know, it makes it too easy. (laughs) Well, God's the one that made it easy. And he is a good God. And every day he's wanting to bless you. Amen. He's a rewarder. He's a blesser. He takes pleasure in blessing and prospering your life. He wants you to get a $50,000 raise a year. This makes him happy. He wants you to move in a big house. He said, well, I don't know about that. Well, it won't happen for you. Don't worry about it. He wants you to get a new car. He wants you to write big checks and help the poor. Yeah. He wants you to finance missionary endeavors. Yeah. He wants you to have enough money sitting in a bank that you can sit in a service here anywhere. Hear about some project and say, alright Lord, you want me to take care of that? You want me to do half of it? What you want me to do? Yeah. Would it please God for you to be in that condition? Yeah. And in that shape? Yeah. Does it please God to heal your body? Yeah. Make you strong? He's a rewarder of those who seek him sincerely and earnestly. Glory to God. Somebody say, that's my God. Now, see, we're talking about what you believe he is. You believe he is. How many honest not understand there's a lot of Christians, they believe he is. But they don't believe that second part, do they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, brother. God is real. Well, honey, that ain't enough. you got to go on and believe the rest of the verse. He's a good God. He wants to bless you. Wants to reward you. His eyes are searching to and fro. He's got a scanner. He's a scanning the earth. Looking. What's he looking for? He wants to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart's perfect. Very similar to this verse. That means wholehearted. People that are reaching out for him. Sincere Seeking him for real. Amen. You cannot seek him for real. Without a reward coming back on your head. You cannot serve him for real and in earnest. Without blessing coming back on your life. For he is. And he is a rewarder of them. That really seek him. Stand on your feet and lift your hands. And thank God that this is so. Glory to God. Tell him out loud, I believe. I believe you are. I believe you are a rewarder. You're a blesser. You're a blesser. You bless me. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands and thank him. Thank him and praise him. Glory to God. He's a good God. God is a good God.